TV Campfire Podcast. I was like, yep, okay, so you win for the week. <laughs> We're here. I hate to sound like a broken road. Oh, no! We're fans. It's one of the best things on television. Oh! oh! All right, you got to hold it. Oh, no, you didn't. We talk TV. That was the best scene ever. Like, that I, blew I, me away. It was absolutely amazing. I just couldn't believe it. Welcome to the show. This is podcast number 373, and I'm Libya, your host, and this week we have returning guests. Hi, this is Allison, and I write reviews for Weedonopolis. Hi, this is Tom. I'm executive director of screenwriting for Azusa Pacific University in Los Angeles. Thanks, guys, for showing up. And this week in the news, I have that Will and Grace's season two has been extended and season three has been renewed. They announced this at the Paley event, so they got to have the cast reaction if you want to see that. Um, Network. Was it like, shut the front door? (laughs) (laughs) Well, you have to go see to find out. Uh, Networks are looking to trim ad time as they have all acknowledged that people are used to watching things commercial free now. And that's, and so they're suspecting that's why people are tuning out network television and uh, Fox is on board with TNT and one more network that are trying to trim their ad time. I know TNT for a fact that TNT is doing it because the new directive for all shows on TNT is instead of having 42 minutes, the directive is now 50 minute shows. What? That's nice. Well, wow. yep, yep. I'm all like, for that. That's like going back to the 60s. Yep, that <laughs> is that is the new wow. TNT directive. All new shows, 50 minutes. Wow. You know, the thing is, they're getting these... I, I watched some of the shows this week on online, you know, through the apps for the different networks and whatnot. Mm-hmm. CW, no ads. That was greatly appreciated. Fox, 30-second... You could opt to do one 30-second ad, which wasn't bad, but there were so many freaking breaks in the show. It's like, come on, it really kills any momentum when you're watching the show. Right, right. And so now the networks are apparently going, hey, maybe people aren't watching our shows because they don't like commercials. And I understand that they need commercials to pay for the show. Like, that totally makes sense to me. I I, I know, yeah, I understand. They've got to get revenue somewhere. Yeah, and so. I totally understand that. But I do like the idea of maybe front-loading commercials, like having commercials between shows. You know that's what, what I mean? the Brits. That, that's what the Brits do. Yeah, yeah, much uh, better idea. I'm all for that. Yeah, I, I think that that it, it would be accepted. Of course, now that people have TiVo's, you just wouldn't record the commercial at the beginning. <laughs> but well, you know, people just skirt right past them anyway when they're watching. Yeah. I mean, I, I can't think of the last time I saw a commercial because I don't watch anything live anymore. I know. Yeah. All right, next piece of news I have is that Netflix has signed uh, Tom's favorite guy, uh, Ryan Murphy, for a $300 million deal. You know, despite my my antipathy towards Ryan Murphy, I am digging the out of 911. I think that's probably due to Tim Minear. Yeah. But, you know, if he keeps hiring good people to work for him, you know, hey... What's he going to do? Say no? I'm not worth that kind of money. Said no one ever. Right. Okay, that's all the news I have. Tom, you go ahead. Okay, CBS has cast Jake McDormand, formerly of Limitless, to play Murphy Brown's grown son, Avery. And um, 
He's going to play a millennial uh, new media journalist. So he's kind of following in mom's footsteps. I really like Jake McDormand. I think he looks like Peter Krause 25 years ago. But I think he's a solid actor, and he can uh, he can move effortlessly from drama and comedy. So oh, I I'm agree about that. I just hope that this is after Murphy Brown ended. Diane and Lynch's other shows were terrible, so I hope this isn't one of them. Yeah, I, I, I mean, I loved Murphy Brown a lot, so I I have hopes that this is not going to be like a sad shadow of that, and more like a, a revival of something really good. I I agree. The first spec script I ever wrote was a Murphy Brown. St- spec and it got me a job offer that i couldn't take because of the navy uh next news hbo has cast david tennant to play jennifer garner's husband for camping which is lena dunham's new sitcom so i'm a big fan of tennant i'm a big fan of garner well i'm a big fan fan of of them uh stopping the whole u.s typecasting of him to being a villain like ever since jessica jones all he got was like villain roles so he's really funny so yeah oh he's hilarious yeah he's hilarious Mm-hmm. Um, Netflix has picked up Travelers for season three, but it's going to be exclusive. Previously, in other territories, they were sharing it with, uh, they had a co production company, but they're not doing that for season three. And they have also cast Ross Lynch, formerly of Disney Channel's Austin and Alley, to play Harvey Kinkle, Sabrina's love interest. Uh, USA Network has ordered season two of The Center, starring Jessica Beale. Which is interesting considering it was supposed to be a limited series, but I guess these days limited series doesn't mean anything if the ratings are good. <laughs> See Big Little Lies, 13 Reasons Why, yada yada for more details. And finally, Apple has ordered their first animated series from Bob's Burgers creator. It's called Central Park, and they've picked up season one and season two. All right. Uh, let's go on with the shows. First up, we're going to talk about The Walking Dead. And this episode was uh, Father Gabriel slash Daryl-esque episode. I say Daryl-esque because he really didn't even speak his part of the story. <laughs> but technically, he was supposed to be the leader in this part of the story. But okay, sure. So let's start off with the Daryl part where he's supposed to be leading the Alexandrians to the hilltop, but keeps getting cut off by the saviors who are trying to capture them. And really what we're focusing on is Tara's anger towards Dwight and her trying to kill him during the whole trip. And everybody keeps telling her that's a terrible idea. But she's like, no, it's a great idea. And I am so over Tara now. It's like, this is almost the exact same storyline they gave Rosita last season. But as much as I didn't like Rosita, I feel like she pulled it off better. And Tara, who's always been super sweet, doesn't pull off angry and vengeful very well. So, meh. What did you think? Well, I think I agree with you on on that. But also, also, I mean, I could I could understand why she hates Dwight. Oh, absolutely. Uh, I mean, that makes absolute perfect sense. Yes. Um, but yeah, I don't know. For some reason, her she just she she like you said couldn't quite pull it off so that I could believe all that vengeance coming from her, right. which is kind of a, a shame. Um, as uh, Dwight, on the other hand, you know, really kind of acquitted himself in this, in this episode. Yeah, he, you did, know, he, he did well. And I have to keep reminding myself, he killed Denise, he killed Denise, he killed Denise. <laughs> <I know. laughs> 
it's like, <laughs> wait a minute, remember he was an asshole not too long ago. Right. Um, so yeah, it's it's like and you know, the thing is I think ultimately Dwight is not really gonna be long for this world, but he wants to hang on long enough to take Negan down. Right. And and that's I, I'd like him to be around long enough to at least see that. Well, see, the thing uh, is, in the comics, he's I think he's still there because he's uh, Kirkman's imitation of Daryl. Like once Daryl got introduced in, to the show, uh, Kirkman wanted a similar character. So he made Dwight. But it really is not a Daryl. <laughs> he is. He is dime store imitation Daryl. And yeah. I think once, I think you're right. I think once his storyline is complete, you no longer need him because you do have Daryl on the show. Um, yeah. They'll, they'll like defeat Negan, but you know, I mean, unfortunately it doesn't look like they're going to kill him off anytime soon, but they'll, they'll at least defeat him. So, and hopefully he'll, he'll live long enough. And, but the rest of the episode also was, was interesting because that was the whole thing with father Gabriel. Um, who now apparently is blind. I don't know if that's permanent. He's mostly uh, blind. Not 100%. He can still see a little bit through the thing. He's he's what you'd call legally blind. He yeah, really okay, that's can't true. see much and, and not enough to be functional, really. Well, I, but, liked, uh, I liked the Father Gabriel, Gabriel bit when he kept talking about how Faith was going to get them through and everything and stuff was working out for them. But then the second it didn't and the guy, like, he, did he kill himself or did he get shot? I was a little confused. No, he got okay. shot. He was trying to to grab for the gun for, one, for that one of the saviors had sticking out of his his pocket, his back pocket, and the uh, and as soon as he did that, one of the other saviors shot him. Okay, I, that was so. That was not what I would consider cut well, because it uh, was it was unclear um, how what went down, and uh, I think part no, of it was I, I because. Well, I mean, I thought that might have been the case, but part of it, I think, was because we were seeing it through Gabriel's eyes, which was not clear in the first place. So I wasn't quite following the action. Um, And then there's that sad scene where they bring Gabriel to where Eugene is, and he's like, I thought my mission was to do this. And he's like, yep, your mission is to sort bullets. And I'm like, I'm pretty sure that's not his mission. But it, it is sad to see Father Gabriel kind of lose his faith. And I was like, dude, don't worry about it. Rick's coming for you. Well, he probably isn't. <laughs> but uh, I do think he's there to mess with Eugene's head. I think that's oh. really why he's there. Well, Eugene, I think, is in full self-loathing mode at this point. Right. Um, and so and, and he's taking it out on on people around him who can't do anything about it, unfortunately, which is not a very a nice quality yeah. of him. Uh, yeah. But um, but it's realistic. And, and I think, you know, we're, we're seeing everything kind of reaching for that final head. You know, every, everything is building up to to this, you know, moment, this breaking point. So um, I'm I'm interested to see where that goes, but I thought that this was a a good episode establishing, and giving more time to characters who we haven't seen get a lot of time at this, you know, up to this point so far this season, and um, I I really am looking forward to seeing where it goes. And the the bit at the end too, where, and, and I'm I'm surprised they didn't think of this before using the um, the dead and their their bodily fluids and things like that as a kind of bio weapon. Right. Uh, that Negan comes up with at the end. Um, so, I, like I said, I mean, I'm surprised they hadn't really thought of that. Well, I mean, they've thought of using walkers themselves as a weapon. Themselves, but not, but they're, 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 
bodies are just as toxic. Right. So, uh, yeah, it, it, that's, and that also would have made more sense. It's like, that's why people don't necessarily smear themselves with Walker goo and go walking around all the time, because, you know, that's a great way to accidentally poison yourself. Um, so yeah, that's, I, I'm, I'm interested to see what he does with that and how that plays out. Well, let's it, wrap. Yeah. Well, yeah, let's wrap this up. Uh, overall that episode was okay. I wouldn't say it was great. It was, eh. And, and it's a lead up to something else more than anything else. All right. Next up, we're going to talk about Timeless. And I, when I say we, I see, say people, not me, because I don't watch Timeless. So you guys take it. Go. How's the new season? I'm digging it. I thought, I've always been a big Timeless fan. I still maintain it still on a bad time slot. 10 o'clock is too late for something that has the potential to be family friendly ish. Mm-hmm. Um, but they kind of the the cliffhanger of last season was oh by the real cliffhanger was they got canceled and then three days later they got uncanceled. <laughs> <laughs> so they had a very they had a very triumphant panel at Comic Con last summer. But the big the, the two big things that happened in the uh, in the first season finale is that the bad guys plant a bomb at the headquarters where all the, our heroes and the uh, and the lifeboat time ship is, and then the big thing is. Um, I always want to call her Abby, and I know that's wrong because that's Abigail Spencer is the actress. Yeah, that's the actress. Uh, that's Lucy. the actress's name. Lucy Lucy finds out that her mother is one of the bad guys, and not da, only da, that, da. but she's like bad guy royalty. <laughs> so, um, and so a lot of this episode dealt with the ramifications of that. You know, Lucy's play along, playing along with her mother, but of course she's loyal to, you know, her team, etc., but, uh, oh, and Wyatt, of course, Rufus knows that Wyatt's in love with Lucy. Wyatt's in denial. And then, of course, when Wyatt meets, you know, when when they cross paths back in World War One, uh, they, of course, embrace and have a little, little kissy face until it's time for them to deal with the villains. Um, what do you think, Allison? Um, I thought it was really good. I liked the fact that they they pretty much picked up like exactly where they left off and showed you the payoff of everything, you know, that they'd set up at the very end of of season one, Um, which really puts them in an interesting position because most most shows are not willing to make as radical a change in the situation, you know, and they're the where their characters are are you know what they're doing and and they went you know from this what i expected the whole series was going to be you know they go back to their base you know and everything is just so and they have a certain amount of authority and power and and whatever and then they they literally literally blow all that up and suddenly they're they're hiding in a bunker and um and the bad guys are in charge so I like the fact that they were willing to to make a change that radical, and uh, I really I like to see you know the dynamics. And Lucy impressed me with her willingness to actually sacrifice herself if necessary to to take all this down and make all this go away. Um, but it, it's it it was just it was very very well done, and I'm really interested to see who this guy is, who the the um. And now I can't remember the name of the bad guys organization, but the Rick in the uh, House. Rick in, yeah, thank you. And I'm I'm 
wondering who this guy is who they went to such great lengths to save from World War One and bring back. You know, why, other than writing this this weird, rambling, crazy treatise, what how how important is he to them? What does what do they what does he do that is such a linchpin that they needed to go back and get him? So that that interests me too. I thought it was interesting. Another kind of the big uh, ch- changes is the C- season two's arc has more focus. When they go back to World War One, they find somebody with an iPhone, and then <laughs> by the episode's end, they realize that Rittenhouse has planted sleepers in different time periods. Yeah. So that's kind of the arc of the season is they have to find when they are, who they are, and what you know what nastiness they're. Uh, that person is trying to do to the timeline uh supposedly i read uh, an interview with uh oh one of the showrunners i can't remember if it was sean ryan or the guy eric kripke but season two also is going to end with kind of a big twist so uh I, i'm glad that they have direction i'm annoyed when shows do stuff like that because they often get canceled and then everybody's like up the creek <laughs> yeah it's <laughs> like wait what <laughs> all right let's I, I was welcome return, return to form a lot more focused the characters are likable and uh it, it i think the i think the renewed focus will give it a lot of momentum as it goes into season two i agree all right uh next up we're going to talk about i zombie i think <laughs> if i can remember <laughs> what happened in the episode uh it was it was okay like i i'm not as excited about i zombie this season um, the arc of, uh, you know, all the, those, I almost said walkers, <laughs> <laughs> of all the zombies being trapped inside of Seattle and then they're running out of food, uh, and all the zombies are starving and what is that going to mean? And also it's good. Basically it's going to mean they're going to turn on the few humans that are left inside and they anticipated more people donating their bodies to science or, or to them, I guess. And they're like, wow, surprise. People don't want to get their brains eaten. I feel like, I don't know why they were surprised by that. Um, I, I have been having problems with the, with the series this season. Up until this episode, I think that this episode captured a little bit more of, of what I expected last year. Um, and I, it was, it was funnier than uh, the, the previous episodes have been so far this season, too, which I liked. Um, but I think overall, I think this, th- I'm hoping that they're getting back on their, f- their feet again. Um, cause the last, the last few episodes haven't been great, but I thought this one started being more focused. Okay. I guess. I don't know. I just wasn't moved by the episode. Yeah. Well, you know, I mean, there's, there's like two things we've got the, we've got lived having to, you know, do the brain of the week. Um, which, you know, the whole, the whole falling in love with whoever's looking at her recently, you know, didn't really do a lot for me, but the rest of the, the episode, you know, seemed, I think it it was more focused and it was funnier than it's been. Okay. Well, let's move on because I don't have much to say about it, I guess. Um, the next we're going to talk about Unreal and oh my God, I love this show. I love the conflict between Quinn and um, Rachel. I I have a thing. I love it when they fight and I love it when they work together. So we're at the fighting portion of uh, the episode where 
Rachel is not doing what Quinn wants to do. So Quinn's like trying to kind of sabotage her and, and, and she's, she's, uh, trying to depend on, what's that girl named Mindy, Molly, whatever the intern oh. chick, uh, oh, trying Madison. to Madison. Madison. Thank you. She's trying to give Madison. Who's a mole. I know, but she's like, well, you could totally do Rachel's job. And I was like, no, you can't. And she very quickly failed because all she's been doing is sleeping with the boss I think she learned the wrong lesson from watching Rachel and uh, Quinn. I'm like, you watched them for several seasons, and this is what you learned? Um, so that's not that interesting. But the big reveal is she tells her psychiatrist the big secret about who they killed last season. And I was like, oh, first of all, that was dumb. Second of all, he's dead. So now it's just well, a ma- matter of who's going to kill him and when and why. You know, Go ahead. Doctor patient privilege. He can't do anything with that information. Well, yes, he can. If if you know of someone who got killed, you absolutely can. Uh, not necessarily. That's that's not how it works. If you know, usually, if you know somebody who's about to be, okay, <laughs> that's well, one thing because because the people are already dead. There's no, you know. All right. If you say, but I still think I still think he, I still think they're going to kill him. Because that's an extra person who knows the oh, secret. I, enough with the killing already. They're totally going to kill know. him. Don't get me wrong. I like the show quite a bit. But some of the Rachel some of the Rachel Quinn, we've seen a lot of it before. And yeah. sometimes the stakes are raised. But for me, what's more fascinating is the fact that the suitor does not want to play ball. <laughs> well, yeah. And, and it's like their point is correct. Like. You're coming on a reality show. What did you what think did you was, was going to happen? happen? Yeah. And she's like, well, I thought that I could do what I wanted. I'm like, no, you're on a reality show. That's what you agree to. Um, and so her getting really frustrated and not following orders just I find annoying. Uh, I go from liking her to not wanting her on my screen back and forth. So, Which um, is probably the, Quinn's concern is that she's ratings poison. Yeah. Because one minute you like her and one minute you hate her. And, and I can see it. Uh, she just... She doesn't work. And then the Brit guy that you find out is there on a bet. Yeah, get rid of him, please. I don't like him at all. So, But I like the other guys. For the most part. Even the one that the slept... The, even the one that slept... Oh my god, sleeping with Quinn. The guy that slept with Quinn. And then she can't sit down for Man like the bun. rest... Yeah, well, yeah. Then she can't sit down for like the rest of the episode. Hilarious, like all of that was pretty funny. Uh, so yeah, I I'd say this week's episode followed up very nicely from last week, and I'm definitely in to see the next week. So job well done. All right, you agree or yes? Yeah. Oh, that's not as very enthusiastic. Okay. Not, not as enthusiastic, but I still like the show. <laughs> okay. Next up, we're going to talk about The Flash, and this is two weeks in a row where they've actually had a good episode of The Flash. Let's keep that momentum going, guys. Uh, what did you th- guys think? I don't know. I I, I liked it. Um, I you know I'm having I'm I'm having trouble with oh what what's his name the stretchy character Ralph um, Ralph yeah, he's not the uh, best. I never liked him to begin with, and it's like now they seem to change his personality and his his uh, drive, his motivations, depending on what's convenient for this episode. Yeah. Yep. So, uh, you know, I'm, I'm like tired of him. I, I really wish yeah, I, I, they have I never him become, him. they haven't become brave for like two episodes and they're like, Oh, never mind. Yeah. Now he's a coward again. Yeah. So. 
I like the actor though. I don't bl- I don't fault him. I think he's a really I think he's doing a really good job with with fluctuating material. Yeah, well, that's the thing. The material for him is is terrible. He's just sort of this this week's you know plot device. He just moves whatever direction they need him to. Right. Um, so, but all the stuff with Iris, I did like. I I thought that that was interesting to see her get uh, the the speed force powers and what she did with it. Although it was frustrating. I know that there's a learning curve, yes. but still, you know, it's like, well, you know, they're telling her what to do and, and she's just going, I don't know. What do I do? They're no, telling you. No, 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 um, no. I think it, part of it is you have to practice the stuff. Like, you know how he puts out fire. She's never put out a fire before, so she doesn't know how and, to do it. And, and then he's like, face through the Barry, wall. Yeah. Those first few episodes of season one, all, I mean, they did a lot of practice and testing with Barry and he, deve- yeah, and he developed some of those abilities much later. You know? Especially yeah. the, the phasing through solid object. That was a big Oh, that deal. I don't expect her to. Yeah, <laughs> that's that's something you don't do right off the bat. But, right. you know, I, I don't know. It just seemed like. Eh, what, well, she, she got it, the it, powers that day. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, there's, there's only so much I expect, you know, right. but um, and she sure got a cool costume in record time. That's true. Um, well, she had the ja- it was the same jacket she had at the beginning of the episode. <laughs> oh, yeah. And he just but, gave her. Yeah. He, he just, just did something to the jacket and she, it was her and gave her some leather. And pants. they gave her stretch leather pants. And then that mask was actually the other speedster. Jesse Quick's. Jesse Quick's. Jesse's. Yeah, yeah, it was Jesse's. So. All of that, like the costume, whatever. But yeah, I didn't have a problem with her not being good. It really showed that that uh, Flash works at you know at being good and figuring out how to do this stuff. And he spent years perfecting it. So you can't just give his powers to somebody and they just step in. So I, I had no problem with that. But I did like her effort. Um. Yeah. So yeah, thumbs up for the episode. This is like I said, the second week in a row that they've actually had a turned in a good a good episode all right next up we're going to talk about black lightning and this (laughs) what i really liked about this episode is now we have the trifecta we finally have we have the father daughter training together going on missions together which made me very happy and then at the end the youngest daughter finally gets her abilities jennifer yep yep and so now i'm like oh family team up (laughs) <laughs> I think it's inter- I think it's interesting that Lynn is now in the position of having to encourage Jefferson to train Anissa. Yeah. Yeah. When she was the reason, I mean, that this is what broke up their marriage. Right. And Anissa didn't take but 2 seconds to figure that out. Yeah. I well, she already them- saw her mom's reaction to her, so yeah, didn't take mm-hmm. it. Yeah. Oh, she's going to she's going to freak when she finds out that Jennifer's got powers too. <laughs> <laughs> Um, family team I up. want them to say what what the deal is with um, I'm blanking on his name. The white dude. The what? What? The Gamby? white dude. His Gamby. Say what? Gamby. Gamby. Yeah, I really want them. They've kind of dragged it on quite a bit. Let Let's lay out our cards on the table and find out what is the deal with Gamby and this secret organization that he and uh, oh the lady Eve were a part of. Right. Uh, the A uh, is three initials. Yeah. I forgot what they were. Like the ADA or, or something. or ASS or whatever. Something like that. Uh, well, we have the idea that he was an agent of that group, and they came specifically to Freeland to test out some serum to make the population compliant. 
and instead it gave them powers. And so then they took all the children that developed powers to test, uh, except that uh, Gamby managed to hide Jefferson. That's f- and, and when he found out the extent of what they were doing, he tried to be a whistleblower, and he got Jefferson's father killed by giving him all these classified documents information. So that's the basics of, but we don't know what, I mean, you might as well say the CIA, like you could change the initials, but you might as well just say that. Yeah. It's pretty much the stand in for that. But I was, I was glad that they finally got that out of the way because I was getting annoyed going, well, you know, who does he work for? What is going on? I know it's shady, but it's something. And so I was glad that they finally said, okay, this is what it is. Oh, what did you guys think of Lala? Lala, that's cray, that's cray cray. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, especially the thing that's the thing that's suspicious is the woman that he had killed is he's seeing her spirit, whatever, or hallucinating her, whatever. But in no way would she be helping him in reality. So oh, that's oh no. And then so their make out in the in the shower was just bizarre. Yeah. Yeah. That was that was that was very uncomfortable. Yeah, um, but it it is interesting that she's the one who who shows up in his head, um, and the conversations actually between him and his head girlfriend, uh, while other people are around and can hear this, is really kind of fun. Well, what's the trip is he doesn't even uh, try it's to very sen- Gaius Baltar, and, but he doesn't even <laughs> yeah. try to censor himself. Like he's talking to her in the back seat where two people can obviously hear him. And it's like he's so into the delusion, it's like he doesn't care. Mm-hmm. Um, but he just assumes everybody else can see her too, I guess. I guess. It's so weird. Uh, I think he hasn't. I think later on he will try to censor himself so he doesn't appear to be so crazy. But right now he's so kind of out of it and off kilter, you know? Mm-hmm. Uh, that's my guess. So, yeah. Thumbs up. Yep. Yep. Definitely. All right, uh, next up, we're going to talk about This Is Us, and this was the season finale. And I have to say, they did a good job with this episode, but there was this moment where it looks like Kate is going to ditch, where I was like, I'm done! Like, I was yelling at the television. I was like, I am done with Kate. If she ditches, I'm out! Just done with her. And uh, they were like, no, she's just saying bye to her dad. It's fine. And I was like, oh, okay. So what, I what like you... the reveal that she had been dreaming of him, which is why we got these bizarre, you know, why is the dead guy still alive? Right, right, right. Yeah. Well, I figured out they were dreams pretty much from the beginning. Oh, I, well, we, we knew they were dreams, but we were just wondering what the deal was. Because yeah, who's know. dreaming this? Uh, uh, yeah. I don't know. I... For for some reason, with This Is Us, it's like, I mean, this has been like one of my obsessed shows. Um, but ever since we've seen the episode where Jack dies, uh-huh. it's like they've just kind of, I don't know, it's like the momentum has gone out of the show. And now I, I it just feels very rote. And, oh, and I disagree. I disagree, too. I, I yeah. just, I haven't, I mean, like, I get so emotionally wrapped up in, in all these episodes. And the last few episodes um, since, I've been finding myself more and more distant. And I, especially this episode, it's like, this is supposed to be the big wedding episode between Toby and Kate. 
And they were like supporting players in their own wedding episode. And we didn't even get to hear their vows. Not Instead, sure. we're, see- we're hearing Jack, you know, talking to her when she was 10 years old. And we're seeing scenes from her fantasy, which interestingly enough, did not include Toby uh, <laughs> in any capacity. Well, yeah, uh, she, she was like, does that mean something? Yeah. And, and, and the thing is, and we've got that. And then we get like, you know, probably the world's worst wedding toast courtesy <laughs> of brother Kevin. It's like, yes, this is my toast to the happy couple, but it's all about me. Um, and you expect something else from Kevin? <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, but I, it's like, it was so, you'd, you'd figure the rest, at least the, if that's acknowledged what it is, that everybody else would be looking at this and going, uh, yay. <laughs> <laughs> Um, but you know, but instead they all react as if this was like a, the world's greatest wedding toast. And I didn't think it was they bizarre. did. I don't. Th- it was a bizarre thing, and he acknowledged he was like, "This is going to be weird," and he says that. Uh, so I didn't have a problem with his his speech. I mean, one, he he didn't. The thing that is weird is he, everything is really about the dad. Like he made his yeah. toast speech to her about their dad and about his grief mm-hmm. over their dad, and none of them not really grieving. And I think that's kind of what the point of this, these last couple episodes have been since the father has died, is that they have they never let go of it and they never started to move nope. on. And so this episode, well, they didn't grieve as a family. Either. Yeah, they didn't that's grieve as a family, and this episode really shows them come together and grieve as a family. So you're right; it really wasn't about her wedding. It was about the family letting go of Jack. Which which would have been great if that's that was it. I mean, when she got rid of the 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 ashes, when she you know spread the ashes around the tree, that that's that's great. That's a step forward and everything. But nobody else seems to have actually moved on. I mean, well, this I is us is Kevin, turning in. I think Kevin did. Uh, oh, I don't think so at all. I think this is us is turned into this is Jack. <laughs> um, I disagree. So, I don't yeah. know. It yeah. it didn't do anything for me. I think that I think one of the points they're trying to make and carry it across the different uh, aspects of the family unit is how crucial Jack's influence is on all three of them. In oh, terms oh, of how obviously. Randall is as a father and as a as a biological father and his attempts as a foster father. How Kevin can't get anywhere in his life. He can't grow up until he deals with this this gaping wound. And poor Kate. Because she had this idealized relationship with her father and then this weird codependency with her brother that for her to truly move on with Toby, that she had to deal with this. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, I really, for me, the the most heartbreaking aspect of the episode is the, is the fact that Dave's just not going to make it. Yeah. Well, we yeah. assume that we don't Obviously. know. Well, we assume that, but that well, there's that forward, scene. Yeah, I know the scene, forward. but we're assuming who they're talking about. We don't know who they're talking about. We just and they do have a tendency to like to to set us up and then and you know, deliver a twist. It, yeah, exactly. So it could be anything. It could be Deja. It could be that they're going to visit mom in the cemetery. Yeah. It could be anything. It could be anything. Exactly. So I'm not falling into that trap. All right, but let's move on. We got to keep moving. Next up, Tom is going to tell us about Rise. Is it worth us tuning in? You know, don't get me wrong. I love Jason Kadams as a showrunner. I mean, the the back to back, you know, the two punch, the one two punch of Friday Night Lights, which ran five years on NBC, 
and Parenthood, which ran six years on NBC, both adaptations of, of films. Uh, so for my money, he's one of the best family showrunners out there. I think one of the problems with Rise, the pilot felt overstuffed. I mean, you've got the you've got the dude from uh, from How I Met Your Mother. You know, he's got a beard, so he's more serious now. He's playing this English teacher who's taking over theater. And instead of doing Grease, a musical I'm not a fan of, they decided to do Spring Awakening. I'm not sure any high school in America would allow <laughs> Spring Awakening. Yeah, but you know. So he's a good Josh Radner's a good actor. The supporting cast is good. Some of these kids are terrific, but it really felt like they threw everything in the kitchen sink into the premiere. So I'll watch a few more episodes to see how it pans out. It's one of those things. It doesn't have the unevenness of Glee, the Glee season 1.1, which for me, season 1.1 of Glee was the best, even though it wasn't always great. When it was great, it was amazing, and when they missed, it was bad. But then once they started pandering to the audience, it just became god-awful. Oh, yeah. Um, so it's, it's, it's worth a watch. Rosie Perez is in it, too, and it's always good to see her in something. Uh, but I don't know. I, I'd be inter- I haven't checked the ratings on it, and it's getting This Is Us's time slot. It's a little bit more progressive in terms of content than This Is Us, but they're, they're dealing with a lot of the same tropes of a Glee-type show. So it's, you know, it's not bad. I'll but wait, some of the kids yeah. are terrific. I'll wait till uh, more episodes and then you tell me your evaluation then. <laughs> this seems too early to jump in on that. All right. Uh, next up, we're going to talk about 911, and it's their penultimate episode. And the trailers, of course, were misleading to make you think that, uh, oh, good Lord, Buck, is that his name? Mm-hmm. going to drown in the elevator. And he oh, got out know, of there in like five seconds. I was like, he, really, guys? I don't stuff. even watch, I don't even pay attention to those tra- those promos anymore because they're such they're they either give you weight too much or too little. Right. Well, that one was just misdirecting, but I still did like the episode. But I, my prediction, though, for the Buck and uh, what is the nine one one woman's name? Abby. Yeah, the Buck and Abby relationship was really cute, but my prediction is she's going to end up with the with the chief. The, you think uh, so? Yeah, because he, the first time he saw her, he was stunned. And he kept his distance because he knows that that's Buck's girlfriend. But the first time he saw, because Buck got hurt and they were in the hospital. And he was just, go back and watch that episode. The way he's staring at her, he is definitely interested. I did not even register that. Interesting. Yeah. I just love the fact that... What was cool about this episode is the use of theme and everything wasn't on. It wasn't the same story for all of it, but all of them were on the same theme about relationships, whether it's mother, son, whether it's, you know, uh, wife and ex-wife or wife and ex-husband or 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 ex-wife and boy toy. Um, But I'm sorry, the scene with uh, with Angela Bassett. (laughs) Wait, uh, oh, being handcuffed, ha! And and when the paramedic comes in and it's like, oh! Yeah, (laughs) that would have been me. That would have been me. I'd have been laughing, laying on the floor. Oh, well, she was dying. I was dying. I was dying laughing watching it, but that was just... Allison, do you watch it? No, I don't. 
Oh um, man, it's so great. Angela Bassett met a met a met a hot dude in a bar who's about fifteen years younger. I also kind of like that they have older women paired with younger men because that does happen in real life. But she picks up this guy and they're continuing her, their relationship, and then he has her keep the uniform on, and then she breaks out the cuffs. And so she handcuffs him to the bed, and without thinking, he handcuffs her to the bed, but she's out of reach of the keys. (laughs) Good. (laughs) And it's Angela, Oscar nominee Angela Bassett, and so she has to call, she calls Abby at 911 to call her paramedic friend to come and get them out. Well, to, to help them get the key. And he was like, what was great was he was like, why couldn't we call one of my friends to get us out? Because they're in my, because to go through 911 to get the number of her friend to get, you know, that seems like a lot. And he was like, mm-hmm. why couldn't we just call one of my friends? She's like, I'm not going to be the joke of some frat boy, whatever. And he was like, my friends are cool. And she's like, no. <laughs> like, We're not doing And that. I was never in a frat. <laughs> Oh, that was great. All right, well, let's move on. I'm excited about the season finale. Oh, 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 no. Wait, what? Oh, did you talk about Abby's mom passing? <gasps> yeah, that ha- but that happened. That the- I totally forgot. That happened at the very that end. That was heartbreaking. Uh, because that was kind of her trap. Like, why she couldn't have a full life was that she was taking care of her mom. And her mom was getting worse and worse and worse. And it was made Like, she was going on this great date with Buck, and it was going to be awesome. And then she gets called He got back. a hot air balloon. Yeah, that was pretty impressive, actually. I was like, wow, you are really trying to show out. And she had to leave to go take care of her mom. And and he got so frustrated and all that. But the thing is, is the moment that her mom died, you realize that as much as she, you know, kind of is upset that her mom was, like, slowing her stuff down, but she never acted like she really resented it. So that moment when she realized her mom's dead was just, oh. Yeah, and I, I think that's going to be the big push for next week's episode, is you're going to see her go through that. But yeah, uh, great episode, thumbs up. Next up, you're going to talk about uh, magicians really quickly, uh, and I'm going to pretend Why that really I... really quickly? Because we're <laughs> running out of time. Oh. And we have four more shows. It, I'm digging the heck out of magicians this season, and okay. as annoyed as I've been with the Fairy Queen... This arc where, uh, oh, why can't I think of her name? Julia. Of all people, selfish Julia from season one who was obsessed with getting magic back, Julia is now fixated on helping to free the fairy folk. And it was, I mean, this show has constantly been surprising me this year. You know, characters you thought you hated, you get sympathy for. Characters you kind of like, you get annoyed with. Quentin. And, um, (laughs) but... No, it's just firing, and it and it still manages to tread that mix of dark fantasy slash horror and humor. Yeah, I agree, uh, and and the same thing with the uh, the fairy queen too, because you know I've I've been just looking for her to to go away since since she came because she's irritating most of the time. And um, I actually sympathized with her in this episode and sympathized mm-hmm. with, with all of them. And I think actually this whole, this whole uh, storyline that they're doing with the, the imprisoned fairies, the enslaved fairies, kind of gives uh, a reason why she has been as, as terrible as she's been because she doesn't trust human beings. Human. 
And exactly. They've given her no reason to. They do terrible things to her people. So um, it, it actually puts a lot of what's happened so far into perspective. So I liked I liked that a lot. Um, and I think even what's happening with Julia actually makes a lot of sense, because remember when they went to like an all to they, they were talking about alternate timelines uh-huh. before and only in this timeline where they booted her out of break bells and she became a terrible person for a while um did you know did things finally go their way you know and they were able to defeat the beast but in other timelines where she was allowed into break bills she was a perfectly lovely person in fact she was one of the leaders of their group so i think what we've seen with her arc wise makes sense it's just going to it's bringing her back to her her anchor personality as opposed to the the desperate um, and very junkie. selfish person that she was. Yeah, the junkie, the the addict that she was before. Um, so I like that a lot. And I like, I, I there there was a lot of things happening with, with uh, the characters like Elliot and Margot, you know, mm-hmm. rising to the occasion. I think they legit see themselves as, at this point, as the rulers of Fillory. Yep. And they want to take responsibility for it. So that was I nice to Margo. see too. She's like unbridled it. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Are you saying thumbs up? Oh, yeah. Oh, way up. Way up. All right. Next up, we're going to talk about how to get away with murder. It's the season finale. And they resolve a lot of stuff. They they dealt with our psych out where we think that Bonnie has been killed in the car accident. And we find out it's actually the, the DA that's been killed in the car accident. And normally I get annoyed with switch outs like this and flips like you know deliberately misleading your audience but in this case because they didn't kill bonnie i'm like whatever (laughs) whatever your answer had to be so that bonnie's not dead i'm happy about it um and so really what the thing is is you have the mystery of what happened to laura lauren yeah lauren's Lauren's mom. mom and i like that you're not sure for people keep asking her, you're still not sure. And it's not until she gets in the shower and you see all these scratch marks on her arm that you're like, Oh crap, she really killed her mom. Uh, so I think that's interesting, but I'm like, how did she just dispose of the body? Hmm. Cause she was, her mom's in a hotel in a hotel room. And, a little hard to hide. Yeah. So I'm trying to figure out how she disposed of the body, but I mean, that's a different episode, I guess. Uh, but yeah, there was the, we got the resolution, got the baby home. We got, uh, everybody's getting like, kind of like their happy ending. We find out Annalise won her case. Uh, and then, uh, Michaela, I guess, since she doesn't have to pretend to be a nice person now that she, you know, she broke up with Asher, she's decided to go whole dark side on us. And she got the gay uh, Arab kid deported back to whatever Arab country he's from where they will kill him. I was like, wow. Yeah, I think I he's, mean, he's going back to Iran, I believe. Yeah, I was like, you yeah. might as well put the pillow over his face. Pretty much. Yeah. I, 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 was, I, was, I was kind of shocked at just how dark she went. I yeah. mean, I, she's not supposed to, none of them are supposed to be fantastic people, but that was, that was unnecessarily awful because the situation right. was being handled. What she did was just purely out of spite because she hates the guy. Yeah. Yeah. And like I said, she might as well have just put the pillow over his head mm-hmm. and, uh, and killed him right there. That would have been much more merciful than what she, you know, what's going to happen. Um, so... 
I, I, I don't even know what to say about her anymore. Uh, I used to like Michaela. I cannot say that now. Uh, yeah, but... that was that was a little hard to come back from. And obviously, the relationship between her and uh, Asher Asher is over. Yeah, that's done. But I actually, I really did like them together. That's kind of sad. Uh, but I guess she couldn't become this kind of person that they're trying to draw her into if she was with Asher. Because Asher's the heart. He's a super feeling, emotional person. And he yeah. wouldn't... Well, he's certainly not the brains. That's No, for... that is That's definitely sure. true. <laughs> um, but I like that everybody's kind of was getting a happy ending all the way till you get to the end. And there's that moment where Nate's like, uh, I destroyed the files that the DA had on you. And I was like, no, you didn't. Like, as soon as he said it, I knew he was lying. And, and why mm-hmm. Bonnie didn't know he was lying, I have no idea. Uh, so I was like, he's absolutely lying. And then he gets back to his office, and he, of course, pulls out the files, and he's going through them. And mm-hmm. he's going through Bonnie's file, and it says something about, did the baby live? And then I was kind of like, what? And then they go to Frank, where he sees this kid who looks like, who looks like, basically like Wes. And so he's obviously a mixed kid. Uh, But what was confusing to me was I was like, oh, they're talking about Bonnie's kid. And then you see him and he kind of looks like Annalise. And so I was like, wait, what? And we know that Annalise's baby, they tell her that her baby's dead. And they give her a dead baby to take a picture with. But I well, like, but I mean, they're in the delivery room. She wasn't unconscious. No, she, she wasn't. She, she wasn't. But... They could have taken the. They, I don't remember the baby wasn't in the room. And, and the her whole time. her her husband was in the room with her. So right. that's that's the thing. Unless the baby like revived later and they just didn't bother to mention it. I um, I don't know. I I don't know. It's just that it seems weird for that baby to and and it does make more sense because Frank's angst and all his stuff is based around he killed Annalise's baby, like so all of his self loathing is about that. So yeah. if he knew that Annalise's baby was still alive, he wouldn't be going through that. So that's true. Yeah, we'd have heard about it before. But at the same time, you know, Bonnie having a a mixed baby, I mean, it's like, where did that come from? There's been nothing I have no idea. Before. That's why I was confused. So. And 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 I have to say, that that guy looks way better than Bonnie. I was like, what did the father <laughs> look like? Uh, he must have been hot. Yeah, exactly. I was like, ooh, she had nothing to do with that. And he's tall. Yeah, which is Bonnie... kind of mean. I mean, she's nice looking, but come on, she doesn't. It, it just, yeah. Like, it he looks look like, like, a, like he looks like a model, and he's like 6'4". Like, he's a big dude, and he's yeah. good looking. And I'm like, I do not believe that that is Bonnie's child. <laughs> like, I was like, I do not believe you. Um, So that's why I kept going, well, is it Annalise? That's why I kind of wanted to switch and be like, maybe it's Annalise's. Um. But we'll see. Apparently, we have to wait till next season to find out who the kid is. Yep. All right. So, thumbs up for that season finale. Uh, next up, we're going to talk about Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. And the best thing about this episode was uh, Deke figuring out who his grandparents are. And his reaction to figuring all of that out was hilarious to me and really great. And I'm like, how long is he going to be able to keep that a secret? Like five seconds, but uh, <laughs> yeah, because he is not the coolest cucumber ever. But what's also really interesting to me is that Fitz had like no patience with him because he keeps dismissing Zeke as being dumb. 
But I'm like, you have to remember, he was born in an oppressed society where they don't reward intelligence. So if you are exactly. smart, you have to pretend that you're not. Uh, and so... he, he points out there's there's no gauge for for determining your IQ in the world he came from. What determines how smart you are is how long you're able to survive. Right. So I actually think he is smart. He just hasn't had any education. Well, they they had him be the one to figure out where the uh, the vibranium is it no gravitonium right is so um... vibranium <laughs> gravitonium unobtainium it's all <laughs> it's all the same one of those inium things yeah right. you know uh, yeah so that's why I'm saying I actually do believe he is a what is it a Simmons Fitz is how they change they which is I was like that's confusing. <laughs> You've been be calling yourselves after. Fitzsimmons this entire time. First five seasons that just uh, make it official. Yeah, yeah, it's like it's like why there's like let's hyphenate our names and we'll be Simmons Fitz. And I was like, no, no, sure. that doesn't sound right. That <laughs> does not sound right. Um, so yeah, I, I'm waiting for them to reveal it and for them to figure out who he is. Uh, that was probably one of the best things about it. And then of course you had. Uh, May and um, almost called her Sky. Good Lord, and Daisy. <laughs> Daisy. Uh, coming up with the they they basically made a pact that they're gonna save Coulson against his will. Uh, so that made my I was like, yay, go team! But I get his point of view as well. Like I get what he's saying, but well, also though that I mean, it hasn't hasn't Yo Yo bothered to tell them that her she hasn't told self... anybody. She has that you know, is very frustrating. It she makes no it. sense because she's she keeps complaining that oh all of this is happening anyway. Meantime, she has the one key piece of information her other self told her, which is don't save Phil. Right. And and she she hasn't bothered to share that little piece of info with everybody. She hasn't told that anybody anything from what her other self said, which makes no that, sense. That's one of those because the script said so things that drives me crazy about. Yeah. yeah. There's like a list of probably 15 to 20 tropes that if some shows never ever, if shows would agree, let's not use this because <laughs> audiences are smart. We, we watch a lot of TV these days. <laughs> so when you do this stuff, it's like, oh, come on, stop. Exactly. Yeah. And that's one of them. Yeah. So it's still not a- sold. Still not sold on the villain. Oh, uh, the blonde chick. It's- not oh, the, she the general. Me. Not not the daughter. The daughter annoys me, but the general, the kid, and that's the kid. Remember last time we talked yeah. about him? That's the yeah. kid from uh, from man Unbreakable, Stalker. all grown up. But man, I the general. I like the actor. Do not like this character at all because she's very one note. Yeah, mm-hmm. uh, uh, I'm gonna get you, Agents of Shield. Yeah, she's a walking says. cliche. Exactly, she's well, a walking cliche. And the blonde girl is so bad. She, she's just annoying. That's another it's Disney not that she's Channel. It's not that she's a She's a bad actress. It's like, like I no, said, that's another Disney Channel star. Yeah. <laughs> well, she, she's not particularly talented, and every time she's on screen, all I can stare at is is her over injected lips. Yes. Um, okay, that's not she very does, distracting. She does sing well, so I'll give her that. Okay. No, well, that's she's nice. one they of those descendants. Kids. If they ever do a musical episode of of Agents of Shield, I'm sure she'll be fantastic in it. But you oh, know, other than so that, so bad. She's she's uh, not scary. I, yeah. Every lie that she tells, I can tell is a lie. Uh, she's so one-dimensional in her performance that it makes my head hurt. At least the Von Strocker kid is interesting. Like, he's delivering a, an interesting performance while the rest of the... I don't know what they're doing, 
Um, <laughs> oh my! They're God. in another show. Yeah, it's just, and they spent a lot of time with those guys this week, and so that kind of was not good. Exactly. Oh, I'm sorry. Did I fall asleep? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, she just, right. she's just like a big boy. I don't know if it's the the bad hair. Her hair is way too blonde, but it just they've given her no character. Or she doesn't, or they did, and she's just not doing it. Um, she's just kind of roving psychopath, and that's it. Yeah, not interesting at all. All right, moving on, moving on. Next up, we're going to talk about the next four episodes of Jessica Jones. And for those of you who are paying attention, that leads us to the end of episode eight. Um, and this ends with uh, someone shooting into Jessica's apartment. We don't know who it is. Is that correct, Tom? Do you know who we shot? Don't... We don't know who it is, okay. but we know okay. that there's a high probability that mom is going to freak out and kill some people. Yes, that's very high probability. Because yes, that's what she does best. <laughs> She's like Rage Monster, Incredible Hulk. She hulks out. Um, you talk about it first. Go for it. Because I'm trying. No, I can't. I'm I'm... Try- it's not as clear in my head because I watched two more episodes. I've been quasi binging Jessica Jones as well as catching up on other things because I was. I was with uh, in <laughs> I was in Hawaii for a week with my family, so I got way behind. But man, they did not skip a beat with season two. I think the real interesting aspect of season two is Trish, who I kind of liked season one. I really kind of hate season two. Yeah, yeah. They cause... made they made her. Well, it, we talk about tropes. They gave her the drug addict trope. Yeah. No. Well, it's not just the drug drug addict trope. It's just the there's a signature line she says to Griffin when she, after she turns down his proposal, but she tells Jessica, I don't want to marry Griffin. I want to be Griffin. Right. I'm like, Oh, yeah. um, and I don't know. It's just, they made her really unsympathetic. Right. And it's kind of annoying. Um, her ambition has made her, I don't even know what to say. Like, so not only does she want to be Griffin, she also kind of wants to be Jessica. She wants to be Jessica's equal instead of sidekick. Right. Yeah. Well, she she perceives herself clearly as as being less than all these other people. Yep. She's, you know, she's just she has this this thing of she's not the the equal of other people who who are special in some way. Um, I don't know why she feels that way when she was the one who was fond of her as a child, you know, for being a child actress. People still look at her and, you know, people still stop her in the street now to get pictures with her and things like that. But apparently that's not the kind of fame that she wants. She wants to be taken seriously. Right. And, um, and, you know, I think that's, that's made her into a very unpleasant person because she's doing things that are not only self-destructive, but are destructive to other people. I mean, the person who she was, the, the guy who she was, um, in, oh, well, almost engaged to, living with, um, was, Griffin was a perfectly nice guy. It wasn't right. like and he was a, set up to and be terrible. Good, the, the one thing he did that was so, kind of sketchy that we thought as the audience turns out to be the reason he breaks into a computer is to invite people to this surprise engagement thing. Exactly. Right. And, and he, if, by the way, he violated like the first rule of getting engaged. Never propose unless you know she's going to say yes. Yeah. Because yeah. <laughs> our maid of honor, our maid of honor, before I propose, specifically asked me that question. And I told her I, I pretty much can guarantee she will say yes. But she's t- – and the thing is, Jessica 
researched Griffin and found out he's clean. He's a great guy. And Trish can't deal with that. Nope. Mm-hmm. She, she's like the flip side of Kevin Pearson. <laughs> it's like, yeah. It yeah. was all about me for a while. And now that this, and I'm still in the spotlight, but not in the spotlight for what I want to be in the spotlight for. I want to be taken seriously. It's like, why should we take you seriously? You're not a serious person. You're selfish <laughs> and petty. Well, and when, uh, and, when and, and when Malcolm calls her out, she basically tries to blow him off. And the last words are, you're not going to tell Jessica, are you? Because <laughs> she, uh. yeah, because she knows that, and her, Jessica's opinion of her does matter to her. So, um, but yeah, she, when she says she wants to be Griffin, I was like, no, you want to be Jessica. Really? She wants to be Jessica. So, um, but let's talk about Jessica herself and her relationship with the guy upstairs and with the hot super. Yeah. And like, she's kind of on the edges of that. Like she's, it's like she wants it, but she's afraid of it. And she knows that her life is so complicated and dangerous that getting him involved with her basically endangers him. Yes. But, oh, by the way, for those of you who are going crazy trying to figure out where you recognize him from, he was Wildcat in an arc on Arrow a couple of seasons ago. Uh... He was he was the boxer who trained uh, Black Canary how to fight. Vaguely. Oh, okay. Vaguely. Wow. Okay. He looked familiar. I I don't know if that's what I remember. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I, I, I did look that, familiar. That was the season that Arrow started going down the poop shoot. That that's that, that's probably what you're reacting to. Okay. Uh. <laughs> All right. So I think those are the the main things. Is there anything else we want to talk about the mom? Like, did you? How did you react when you found out the twist that she was her mom? It didn't surprise. Here's the nah. thing that I, I I can't decide if I should pull Shannon. Did they change her face? Yes, they did. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. That's why she didn't recognize her when she first saw her. They they did um a number genetic. Of, of genetic issues which which change why why genetically it should change what you look like now, I don't know. But it it did. So she does not look like the person she she looked like before. But but when when she's calmed down and not trying to kill her. Well, okay, here's the other thing. Why did she attack Jessica? Because Jessica looks like the grown-up version of the child. Yeah, she knows who Jessica is. She knows who she is. She's just not in control. She's not in control of her emotions. Yeah, when she rages out, it doesn't matter who you are. Mm -hmm. So kind of like Hulk. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's just she has absolutely, she's she's extremely dangerous. She has no control over, over her feelings and what she's capable of doing after. And Jones in for a fight. (laughs) <laughs> yeah. um, I thought the I thought the flashback episode was really interesting because you really got to de- delve into some of this backstory and they kept it interesting. You get to see more of the history, the precise nature of the relationship with Trish and her mom. Right. And, and you also that- get to see Jessica, uh, not Jessica, you see Trish being destructive back when they were teenagers slash yep. adults. And yep. how even then that pushed Jessica to quitting college. Like, yeah. yep. That's a direct result. She didn't finish college because of her. So, yeah. Jessica, yeah. Well, because of her and also her her own poor choice and boyfriends. Well, yes, honestly. that's that's true too. But I mean, that's kind of what pushed her because they have this big fight, and Jessica moves out, and so she has to right. move in somewhere. So she moves in with the bad boyfriend. 
if he they, wasn't a he was I mean he was he a was he was dude he was gonna sell her he, that's why the mm-hmm. mom killed him was I like to think that he was going to subcontract her services <laughs> <laughs> he wasn't you know, Jessica Jessica smart enough that she wasn't gonna she wasn't gonna allow her to be herself to be completely used now would he have spun it his way to put it of course he would but still he does. He did it would have been, it would have involved her doing criminal activity and she could have gone to jail uh, if she had done and she she already told him I love you and I'd do anything for you and he was absolutely yeah. going to use that absolutely he would have talked her into doing something that she would not have otherwise done right do you think she was See, I, I don't think that she would be that pliable that she would do something. Well, like you, you got to remember this is a first love. The first time you follow, you, you're all in. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and this is not the Jessica that we know now. Exactly. This is years earlier. Yeah. She's much younger, the one who, much more impressive. She willingly courts danger and breaks rules. Right, and, yeah. This is the, the more up. naive, innocent version right. of Jessica. So yeah, I think, I, yeah, I'm he lo- could have got her to do almost anything. Mm-hmm. I'm looking forward to see... Uh, one thing we haven't talked about is, is Hogarth, Jerry Hogarth. Oh, right, 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 right. And, and her, the way her illness... Fits the yeah. way that she fits in with all this. And again, I mean, the thing I love about the way that this series is constructed, and that's Melissa Rosenberg. Okay, dude, there is a scene in episode, I want to say it's episode eight, where Jessica is with her mom, and her mom is sharing a childhood memory. And you can see Christian Ritter's face ever so slightly changed from neutral to almost breaking a smile back to bad, you know, to sad slash angry neutral. And right. it was so nuanced. It's like, oh, girl, somebody, if she doesn't get nominated for an Oscar, sorry, not an Oscar, if she doesn't get nominated for an Emmy this year, shame on them. They're not paying attention. Because she's giving one of the most interesting, layered, complex performances. And a thing I like about Rosenberg's writing is all of these women are so complex and interesting and it's the guys who are like the eye candy who are not as fully developed. <laughs> well, I, I think Malcolm is getting developed this season. Oh, oh yeah. Malcolm, Malcolm's a trip. Malcolm, the thing is, from, from season one, Malcolm, who was this, you know, this addict who was controlled by Kilgrave, to who he is season two, who's empowered and coming into his own, the way he totally manipulates the partner. <laughs> to give him dirt on the other partner. It's oh, like, right, right. Uh, yeah. He's just, but yeah, this show, so good. I mean, just, man, I wish Ms. Melissa Rosenberg had control over the Marvel TV Netflix universe because we wouldn't have that thing called Iron Fist that I still can't bring myself to finish. <laughs> and I've been, I've been told, do yourself a favor, don't, don't finish, finish it. it. Yeah, I don't mean, bother. I might because... give season two a try because... They, they fired, fired all the yeah, and they took yes all new writers, but part of my problem is the actor. So uh... I think the actor will be fine with good writing. I I, I will. Be I liked him backwards. in Game of Thrones. He was yeah, great but he wasn't the lead. He well, had, no, he but I mean, like, I think he had like five minutes every episode that he was in. That was it. So still, I I, I've met him in person. I've I've spent time with him. I'm, I'm sure he is he a on. lovely person. He, I am he's not, a good kid. I am not denying that, but. That does not translate to being a leading man. Let let let's see how he does in his arc on on Luke Cage season two. Okay. All right. 
uh, I think that's all we have to say about it. That so, if you guys have any questions or comments, uh, send them to tvcampfire@gmail.com. Follow us on Twitter or on Facebook. Listen to us on getthepointradio.com, Krypton Radio, Weedopolis, and iTunes. And we'll talk to you guys next time. Bye-bye. Bye bye. Goodbye.